Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 259 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Christy Shemrick. Christy lives in Shreve, Ohio, where she makes homemade soaps that she sells in Amish country, and she is also in the process of becoming a health coach, which I love. So welcome, Christy. Hi, Jen. How are you? I am doing fantastic, and it's it's great to talk to you today. We will definitely talk about the whole health coach kind of a thing, because I love that you heard about it on the podcast, and you said, I want to do that too. 
Well, we'll talk about that as we go. So, you know, I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, I'd like to talk about my backstory first, if that's okay. I was always a skinny beanpole growing up until I became pregnant and at 16. So I was 16 and married. And then after giving birth, I snapped right back to my former size five by age 21 I had three kids and gained a size after each one. I remember being a size five. I was not in those sizes long. The the odd sizes just were not my, as soon as I went through puberty, I was even. Yeah. Or misses. They call them misses. Exactly. But you gained a, a size basically with every child. Every pregnancy. Yeah. And then after the third one, I could not get it off. I couldn't, I couldn't get down. And how old were you at that point? I would say by 21, I had three kids. And it seemed like I gained a bunch of weight. And then at the beginning of every new decade, I would lose the weight that I gained the previous nine years. So I did that over the, because I've been married 39 years. Wow. Congratulations on that. You got married at 16 and you've been married for 39 years to that man. Now that is a testament right there. So I want to take a minute to applaud that because, you know, statistics would say, that y'all had a lot of, you know, the odds were not in your favor. But. Oh, yeah. And we had a lot of naysayers. Well, hooray. Anyway, Yay. I just wanted to celebrate that. But I would have to say my highest weight, I was almost into a 12. And it just something, it was like a voice in me always said, you're not getting any bigger than a 10. And I always was ready to do something about it you know, when I got that high. I get that. I was very similar. My threshold was a little higher than yours. It was for so many years, it was 16. That was it. When I got to 16, I was like, no more. And then at my very, very highest, when I was 210 pounds, I was squeezing into 16 W stretchy, 16. So I was really past a 16 at that point. But that was where I always got to. And what was your weight when you were at that highest? I was thinking that it was about 160. I think is my highest. I'm 5'4". So fast forwarding to 2012, my 29-year-old son, my middle son, Dexter, came home from Florida and he was living with us. And then he was diagnosed at Christmas of 2016 with schizoaffective disorder. And the affective part can be a bipolar or depression. And he, his was the bipolar part. And it was a horrible, horrible experience. If you ever deal with that sort of thing, it is, it's just horrible. It's hard to watch a child of yours suffer through mental illness or mood issues. So what are some of the signs of that? Paranoia. I remember one day coming, him coming home and he had the back of his phone literally peeled off of the phone. It wasn't the cover. It was the phone. And he said, mom, look, somebody put a camera in my phone. They're watching me. And I was like, Dexter, that's the camera you take pictures with. And he just kind of stood there and looked at me and he goes, oh, and I knew that day that was a relapse, but he had been diagnosed and then he was on medication. And then For a while, he was on this medication for a while, and then he just decided he was going to stop taking it. He didn't want to take it anymore. Well, then Thanksgiving of 2017, he had that relapse, and the nightmare started all over again. 
Oh, no. I just, I can't imagine how hard that would be. Oh, yeah, it was hard. I rushed him to a psychiatrist. She was the only one that would administer the medication. So he went back on the medication. And at the then at the beginning of 2018, that effective part, the schizoaffective part, turned into depression. And it was bad. And he was living at home with you at that point? He was, he, which I was glad he was. He would go to bed at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. He'd sleep a lot. He would sit in the rocking chair and just rock all day long. I mean, it was really, really bad. And so one night we were, we made dinner for the local police department as our ministry for our Bible study group. And we had returned home at about 7.30 and we found him laying on the floor in our foyer with a gunshot wound to him his head. Oh my gosh, Christy. And he was still alive and everything went into slow motion. And all I could think of was get to the phone and get help as soon as possible. And it was like, I looked at him and I instantly turned and I walked straight to the phone and I calmly walked up the stairs, called 911 And the only thing I can think of is the reason why I did that was because I was in shock. Like your adrenaline, whatever it is. I don't know it all. Well, all it is, but it takes over. It does. You're going through something awful and it takes over and like it kind of like holds down your emotions. It does. I think you kind of go into the motherly mode because we seem to have it all together. (laughs) And the weird part was I never heard the ambulance come pick him up. I never heard any of that. My husband was screaming at the time while I was upstairs called on nine, you know, the 911 call. And I was just telling them, get, come as soon as you can, you know, come quick, come quick. And I never saw the ambulance lights, never heard the siren, nothing. So I had to have been in shock. Right. And it's almost, I guess, like you have like tunnel vision, even like you're just shut everything else out and you're just, you're like, you're just, managing the thing you can manage at that moment. And what was strange about that night was the two police officers from the sheriff's department that came in the door, we knew them. We had become friends with them. And it was like, what were the chances that somebody we knew that we could connect with came through those doors that night? And that was a blessing, you know. So they life-flighted him to Cleveland Metro Hospital, and around midnight, he passed away. I'm so sorry. Thank thank you. There's nothing more difficult to go through than that because it's, I mean, it was his illness, but you still probably as a mother, I mean, I I can't even imagine. So I'm, I'm just sorry that you went through that. And, you know, hearing those words come out of the doctor's mouth that he is not going to make it, it's the most, you feel like you're in a nightmare that you wish you could wake up from and you can't. It's a reality. But there is honestly no way that we could have made it through this tragedy without our Lord Jesus Christ. There's no way. And because of our awesome church, our pastor and his wife were great friends and our Bible study group. They prayed for us. So many friends and family prayed for us. And I think God sent those people in our lives to be prepared for this situation. I really do believe that. 
And uh, they were a rock. I'm glad that you had that strong support around you. Because he's the only hope. The, Jesus Christ is the only hope that you have. And if there's someone out there you know is a suicide risk, this is what I wanted to say, please seek help. Absolutely. Did you have any idea before this happened that he was he was suicidal? You know, we had heard that the medication that he was on, he could become suicidal. But you know what? You always tell yourself, oh, it's not going to happen to us. You know, that would never happen. Don't say that because it can. Were there warning signs that you, looking back, you now, the reason I bring it up, I know it's painful to talk about, but someone else might hear it and see it or, you know, and say, oh, I see that. And I didn't realize. You know, he did mention it once, but he never mentioned it again after that. So do it before it's too late. Just do something. Yeah. Do something, especially with a mental illness. I mean, seek help and I don't care how much it costs, find the best person you can to take care of it. But to continue, I don't want to... No, well, thank you for sharing that because I know that was not easy to share. It's not easy to share. I mean, it's been almost five years, so I'm able to tell the story without bursting into tears now. But to continue, as time went on, the healing slowly continued, but I mindlessly would eat candy and snacks watching TV at night. And my husband and I, we built a sunroom on the back of our house in 2017. So it became our retreat where we kind of recoiled and was secluded from the outer world. And we just, our comfort was food. And you don't realize how much you're eating and how badly you're eating. And it's a grief, it's grief eating. It's a way to grieve. And the weight started to pile on again over the next three years. And it's so weird how grief can work differently in different people. One person can be where they eat all the time, but then another person won't eat at all. Right. So someone could lose like so much weight and just just not even be able to eat. I've seen that in people who are going through very stressful situations. It's like one it's almost like one or the other. It's weird how they deal with grief in different ways. And so at the beginning of 2021, I was 154 pounds. I had gotten up. I had had once been 133 before this and got up to 154. And one day my sister, she started the Weight Watchers app and she told me about it and she must have been trying to tell me something. (laughs) Thanks, sister. Thank you, sisters. My sister just comes right out and tells me things. She's not somebody who beats around the bush. So I thought, okay, you know, I hadn't even thought about losing weight. I didn't even, it was almost like I didn't care at that time. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by Optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress 
vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. So I thought, okay, I'll try this app. It was only like $3 a month or something like that. And I thought, okay, what the heck? So I bought the app, I used it, and I lost a whole whopping eight pounds in five and a half months. And I was like, always starving on this. I was allowed 16 points on this. That doesn't sound like very many points. No. And every time I put a handful of nuts in my mouth or cashews or something, I was adding two and three points, you know. I'd be like, 16 points, that's one meal. That's why I was starving all the time, it seemed like. It was just ridiculous. And I hated it. I hated counting points. I hated counting calories. I hated all of it. And I have a pretty good knowledge of foods of what's good for me and what's not good for me. But let's face it, I love food. love food and I love sweets. I don't know why. I just can't give up my sweets. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You know, if they work for you and you feel fine after you eat them, I mean, the only reason I don't eat a lot of sweets because I do love them too is because I don't like to have the restless legs. That's the only thing. Like I wish I could eat ice cream more than I do just for that reason. But it really is a matter of just how you feel. And I kind of wish I had that problem. Like you wish you had some restless legs. <laughs> No, you do not. It is bad. <laughs> but you know, you mentioned it just made me think of something. You said that you love food and that that's why you couldn't do you know, the counting and all, I mean, ditto. But sometimes we'll hear people who say, I couldn't do intermittent fasting because I love food too much. I'm like, that's why you do intermittent fasting. <laughs> That's the number one reason, because you love food. So you you knew about food. You understood it. You understood what was, you know, good for your body versus not. But I still ate candy, you know, because I was grieving. And um, so finally, how I got started on intermittent fasting is on May 15th, 2021, my friend Marlene posted on Facebook about how she lost 19 to 20 pounds doing intermittent fasting. Thank you, Marmar. I call her Marmar. Thank you, Marmar. (laughs) I don't know you, but. (laughs) (laughs) But she talked about how she did it and said to read your book, Delay, Don't Deny. So 
Well, I did my research all weekend and I ordered your book immediately and started IF two days later. And she explained it to me, you know, and how to do it. And so I started on the 17th and I tried drinking black coffee. Oh gosh. And oh, how I did not like it because <laughs> I am a creamer junkie. I love flavored creamers. So it was really hard for me to give up that flavored creamer. I used to love it. All that flavored creamer. Are you now like no longer loving it or do you still love it, but only in your eating window? Well, I switched brands more of a natural kind that's a little better for me, but I do drink it in my eating window. Yes. All right. So you have a higher quality hot milkshake. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I get it. Look, I prefer black coffee now. I really, really do. But I also like, I like sweet things like a, like ice cream. So I could have a hot milkshake. Now I can't do the artificial creamery kind of stuff. I don't like the flavors, but like I like evaporated milk in coffee, for example. That might sound weird. Yep. At, on Christmas, my stepmother always has ev evaporated milk for her coffee. I don't know why, but I guess when she has an event, but we had evaporated milk. And so I put evaporated milk and sugar enough to make it taste like I was having literally coffee ice cream, but it was hot. <laughs> I can't be in the middle. I'm on like one end or the other. It's either black, 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 or it tastes like coffee ice cream, but it's hot. I wondered if you were still drinking that, but. And I am fasting completely clean. I did some more research and on Amazon, I found this cylinder that is a filter that you can cold brew your coffee. And oh my gosh, it's so much better. It's less bitter than, you know, brewed coffee. So that's how you solved that. You cold brew it. And that is such a good tip. And I want to put something out there because this is where it's a little tricky. People want to go buy cold brew coffee at the store that's already cold brewed. And a lot of them that you buy have like citric acid or natural flavors or something in there that you don't want. Citric acid adds a tangy flavor. You don't want that. But you can make it yourself for like so much cheaper like you're doing, Christy. You're making it yourself. It's not hard. It's easy. Very easy and cheaper than buying it and lugging it home. You're probably buying a lot of water more than paying paying for expensive water there with the but you can make it yourself and you know what's in it. It doesn't have anything weird added to it. And you're saving money and it's easy. You can even heat it up. You make it cold brew, but then heat it or have it over ice, however you like it. Be very careful. Beware coffee and tea bottled products are often not clean, fast, safe, even though you may think that they're just coffee or just tea, but they have other stuff. So always read the label. And when I make it, it makes a big, huge, like it's big. It makes coffee for like three or four days. And then I use that to heat up and make my milkshake <laughs> during my eating window. <laughs> so when I did started intermittent fasting, I started on 16-8 and I soon discovered that eight hours was way too much food, way too much food. So I switched to 18.6. And then within a couple months, I was doing OMAD. Isn't that how it happens? We had somebody new in the community the other day, brand new, like like one weekend. I mean, they were, and she was talking about, she's like, well, I'm doing 16.8 and it's really, really hard. And I know you say that that I probably won't lose weight, but I, I don't want to do more than this. I'm like, don't tell me now what you want to do. <laughs> you don't know yet. Like when you started, did you ever think you'd be eating one meal a day by choice? No, it was crazy. No, you're like, that sounds crazy. So you don't have to on, you know, at the beginning, think what you're going to do once your body adjusts, your body will tell you. And maybe it will be 16, eight. There are a hundred percent people 
who can do 16-8 long-term. It's what feels right to them, and they lose weight. Not people like you and me, Christy, who like to eat big meals. It, it all depends on that. If you're a big meal eater, 16-8 is probably going to be too much food for your body. Right. It was. It was like, I'm eating way too much. So, But it was hard to give up my breakfast because I love breakfast. I love eggs. You know, I have had chickens, so I had a lot of eggs and I loved breakfast. And I would make this something called breakfast candy where you mix one ripe banana with two eggs in a blender and then you put it in a frying pan and scramble it up like regular scrambled eggs, but it, it has that sweetness. Oh my goodness, I've never heard of that. Oh my gosh, it's so good. It's so good. You know, of course, I couldn't have that anymore, but I had it during my eating window. You could have it later. That's exactly right. Because we had um, breakfast enchiladas for dinner last night. They were like wrapped up in flour tortillas and I had, you know, the chorizo and peppers and onions. And then you like poured like an egg and milk mixture over it and let it sit and then cheese and bake it. Oh, it was good. Poblano pepper in there. Potatoes. I forgot what all was in there. It was really good. But it was breakfast for dinner and we loved it. So I started May 17th, I said, and then I went on a trip to Turkey in July for two and a half weeks and with a friend and her family, which now she does 18-6 every day. So, and I decided to eat every single meal in Turkey, which... It got to be way too much. And there were some nights where I said, I can't go to dinner. I just can't. But the food was amazing. Somebody in our community, Lucy, I interviewed her for the podcast. I can't remember how long ago it was. She lives in the UK and she calls herself a cookery teacher, if anyone remembers that episode. But Lucy's in Turkey right now. She's sharing the pictures of the food she's eating. It looks amazing. Like I never would have thought to go to Turkey. Oh, Turkey is wonderful. Apparently, it's got amazing food. Oh, my gosh. If you ever want to go to Turkey, let me know, and I'll hook you up with a tour guide. We had a private tour guide. All right. And Lucy, too. We have to go with Lucy. She's spending like a month in Turkey. She's a great traveler, but the food is just amazing. So you were eating whenever you felt like eating in Turkey, but... Your body was letting you know three meals was not going to cut it. Oh, no. It was way too much. And But believe it or not, I only gained three pounds. I do believe it. Also, looking at what she's eating, it's very fresh. It is very fresh. And they had bread at every meal. And I remember <laughs> I text my sister-in-law and I said, I'm eating too much bread. And she goes, eat the damn bread. You're in Turkey. <laughs> And, you know, it's probably very different from what we call bread here in America. And, you know, when I was watching Michael Pollan's series on Netflix, Cooked, you know, talking about bread in other places of the world versus the United States, it's not even the same and not even close. Yeah. People who think they have gluten problems can go other places and eat the gluten bread fine. It's really we have a chemical problem is what we have. Well, that and plus milk. If you drink raw milk. If you're lactose intolerant, you can drink raw milk. Because it has the enzymes in there with it. Is that right? Exactly. It comes with what it needs. So Dr. Fung talks about that when he writes about, you know, the, the food comes with what it needs, you know, with it. And then we strip it all out and then wonder why we can't tolerate it. <laughs> well, you took out all the good stuff is what you did. <laughs> So you only gained three pounds on that fabulous trip. Yeah. And when I got back, I lost it right away. And I got back on the intermittent fasting and I lost it right away. But when I did eat, I did dirty, like a dirty keto. (laughs) I didn't have a lot of bread. I had it once in a while. But I also had a dessert a lot. And I still lost weight. 
And that was in here back in America? Yes. Okay. So you were kind of doing a, a low-carb-ish kind of approach. And I also never exercised doing intermittent fasting. This whole, The whole entire time, I never exercised. And I still lost the weight. So I waited until I lost the weight. And then I decided to start back doing weight lifting class that I had done before. But then I had ankle surgery, so I couldn't do it. But I really want to do HIT, but I really don't like to do it. Oh, you don't like it? <laughs> I don't like it. But I think it's just too intense for me. I don't know. But my husband's niece, she said, do something called MIT, which is moderate. Interval training. And I was like, well, that's a good idea. I'm not a high, I'm not hit, I'm mitt. <laughs> I'm loving, you, you haven't heard it yet on the podcast because they're, the episodes I've been recording since we've been here aren't out yet, but I'm doing water aerobics. Oh, I love doing, I would love to do that. Love it. Like, I love it. I want you to find something you love, Christy, and do that because. You know, I've never loved anything like I'm loving water aerobics and you know, we have I have my aqua weights and so like I'm building muscle because muscle building is really important, but I'm moving and I love it. Well, I have a pool, but I always have good intentions in the spring. Okay, I'm gonna follow this routine. See, but that's I gotta have the social part. One reason I love it is I'm a very social person. I know you're so surprised, <laughs> but we talk the whole time and it's it's okay. All the teachers are okay with it. They're talking too. <laughs> you know, we're telling stories about stuff. And so it's a very social time. And and like if I had to go by myself in a pool and like work out for an hour, I'd be super bored. And it became too busy. I'd have to an order for soap or something like that. And I'd have to do that. And I was like, oh, it just takes away my time in the pool to do my exercises. But whatever. So, but I don't stress about it. You know, if I don't get my exercise in other than my weightlifting, I just don't worry about it. I also love to make my own stuff at home. I like to make milk kefir. I do kombucha. I do cultured veggies like sauerkraut. I do bone broth, sourdough bread, because I have a flour mill and I mill my own flour. And then I do something called, and I'm not sure if you've ever heard of this, called lactobacillus ruteri. No, I have not heard of that specifically. So it's a special kind of yogurt? It's a special kind of yogurt. Well, it's a special bacteria that you are born with in your gut. And when you take your very first antibiotic, it kills it. So it increases oxytocin and it helps build muscle mass. And it has a lot of other good benefits. And it was developed by a doctor named William Davis. He's the one that wrote the book, uh, The Wheat Belly. Can you remember that? I do remember that. And so what you do is you buy these probiotic pills and you crush them and you put them in half and half milk. And then you incubate it in the Instant Pot. And it is real simple to do. It's really simple to do. And oh, it's so yummy. That does sound yummy. Like where can you read how to do it? I might could do that. I might could make that happen. I think you could. I really I think, do think I could you do could. it. I've always like wanted to ferment something and I just am too intimidated, but I have an instant pot. Oh, there you go. Well, it has to have it. What is it called? The sous vide? Sous vide. Sous vide. Yeah. You have to have that setting on it. I think I might. Yeah. You might be able to do that, but I could send you information if you want. Okay. To. That'd be fabulous. You have my email address, but that's very cool. So anyone who's ever had an antibiotic, this got wiped out. Unless you have purposefully added it back. My son asked me one day, he says, well, why don't you just take those pills? And I'm like, 
Well, if you did that, it would cost a fortune because when you make this yogurt, you can take out a third of it and use that to incubate the next batch, which is really cool. So you can keep making batch after batch with that same, you use 10 pills, I think, to crush to start the first initial batch. And then you just keep remaking it. Very cool. And you never run out of yogurt. No, you don't. But I'm like a partial homesteader. My refrigerator's full of mason jars, but I'm not allowed to have cows. My husband says that I'm not allowed to have cows because I'd make pets out of them. Oh, well, yeah, I get that. I I don't think I could have an animal that you're going to eat. Well, no, I couldn't even hardly eat my chickens either. That's what I was going to say. I was going to ask if you ate the chickens. No, they were mainly to lay lay eggs. Yeah. I mean, we were just not, most of us, most of us were just not raised with the whole, you know, like watching it from start to finish. You know, I'm not a vegetarian, but if I had to do the, you know, do the killing of the animals, I probably wouldn't turn into one. (laughs) No. And then sitting there eating it. Oh, this is poly or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, all right, I'm a vegetarian now. So I totally understand being a vegetarian for ethical purposes because I, I couldn't do it. And then we also um, tap our own maple trees, make our own maple syrup. And then we had our own bees and we got like 15 gallons of honey and then they kept dying every winter. And I was like, I'm done with bees, done with bees. So I guess I'm not very good at it. <laughs> They keep dying. <laughs> but uh, there are people up there that do that in Ohio that are able to keep them alive through the winter, Oh, right? yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, well, it's not Ohio. It's Christy. Well, that sounds wonderful. So you've got a lot of really healthy stuff going on there. I bet your gut is fabulous. When I did IF, I kept a weight loss chart that I made on Excel. And I did buy a doctor scale. I wanted a really good one. So, and I started doing the averaging in like August and that is a tremendous, makes a tremendous difference. It really does. I cannot express that to people enough because even in the community, they've read my book, they've heard me say it and they still, there's still people every day, you know who you are, aren't doing that. And they, they are the ones who get frustrated because the people who are weighing daily and somehow calculating an average, maybe on Excel like you did, maybe using the the app Happy Scale, whatever, but they see their trend. The people who can see the trend by doing the math or having it on Happy Scale are the ones who know it's working even if it's slow. They see the trend is down. Whereas other people who are not doing that, they'll get on the scale and their weight might be up 1.2 pounds from what it was yesterday. And they're immediately like, I'm gaining weight. But really, if they look at their average their average is trending downward and tomorrow it'll be down more. And so it really makes such a difference to know what your trend is doing. My last dying breath, I'm going to be telling people that because it it makes such a difference. And the people that focus on the number so much. I did have a friend that went, did intermittent fasting for about, oh, I forget how long, like four months. And she goes, I didn't lose any weight. And I said, but maybe you lost a size or a half a size, you know, don't focus on that number. But she just couldn't do that. So it's hard. It's hard. And the whole you know seasons of our life where we're going through menopause or perimenopause and our bodies may, we may be great with intermittent fasting, lose the weight. And then all of a sudden we start gaining it again. And people will say something like intermittent fasting has stopped working for me. I'm like, no, Just like brushing your teeth never stops working. It's something you do that's healthy for your body. Intermittent fasting will never stop working on something really important in your body. It's doing great things, just like exercise and getting enough sleep. 
It's a healthy tool in our toolbox. But your friend might have needed something else to see the weight loss. Intermittent fasting was doing some good things, but maybe she needed something else for weight loss. Maybe she needed hormone replacement therapy. Maybe she needed time to heal her gut. Maybe she just needed patience. I'll tell you what, I lost, I would say by November of that year, I had lost 23 pounds, 31 pounds total. And I've gone down to, from a size 10 down to a four, six, depending on the genes and from an extra large top to a small top. And so I do fluctuate those pounds. Like you said, I fluctuate up and down and I allow that for myself, you know, and I don't get, I don't spaz out about it. I mean, I step off the scale and say, ah, I gained a couple pounds. And that's what's so great about intermittent fasting is it's so flexible and so, I just love it. I really do. IF, if for me, has been a breaker of the dietary bondage. It's been the easiest thing I've ever done to lose weight and absolutely no effort to maintain. I've had to work a little harder after menopause. And, you know, I think that's important to talk about that because a lot of women struggle. You're just a little bit older than me, not very much. We're very close to the same age. I'm 55. And I'm 53. I had a total hysterectomy, though, about 10 years ago. So that pretty much forced me into menopause, I guess. Definitely, because your ovaries as well. Did you remove your ovaries? I think one. Because you could still be, if you still have your ovary, I mean, you could still be, I don't know, I've just started hormone replacement is why I'm bringing it up. I just started it and... Ladies, if you are like contemplating it, do it. I wish I'd done it sooner. Things have changed in a very, very, very good way. (laughs) But, you know, hormones make such a big difference in how our bodies function. So a lot of people struggle with weight gain after menopause. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now... New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cashback events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. What's great about IF is you don't have to think about the food and how many calories you're taking in. And of course, you have to be sensible. You can't eat junk food and processed food and desserts all day long and then expect to lose the weight. It's my life now. I'll never go back to the old way. And I am so thankful to you for having this information out there. Well, I love being able to share it and to let people know that there is a better way that you can live and enjoy yourself. 
You don't have to count. Now, for me, I've had to tighten up my eating window, and I don't get to eat ice cream as much as I used to because also I've learned, you know, that as our hormones change, we're not as good at blood sugar control as we get older. And so you have to take that into consideration and, and adapt to the changes in your body. And people have said, oh, you're starving yourself. And I'm like, no, I'm not starving myself. Starving is when you don't know where your next meal is coming from. And I eat every day. And then when I eat, I eat a lot. And probably when you were doing that Weight Watchers with 16 points a day, that's when you were starving yourself. I was. I was always hungry. I don't even, that seems like way lower points than I think the reason why it was low is because they gave you a list of all these foods that had zero points, you know, and that was what you could fill up on and it wouldn't add points. But like I said, if you added nuts or coconut oil or anything like that, it was tacking on points. Anything that was delicious. And good for you. They are. Those things are good for you. You're exactly right. So are you someone who still weighs every day? No, I don't. I weigh maybe once every two weeks or so. And I don't worry about it. I'm still wearing the same clothes. So, and I feel good. And like I said, when I eat, I eat a lot. And when I have, when I eat, I have six or seven plates on my table (laughs) of all my food groups because I like to have a little bit of everything in my meal. And I try to eat as clean as I possibly can and eat very little processed foods, you know, whole foods, eat clean, clean ish. That's the key, you know, clean-ish and whatever that looks like to you and figuring out a way that's that's enjoyable, something that you can enjoy. And real food is just so good. And I do like to go out to eat, but and I love to get a burger and fries once in a while. But usually when I get fries, I usually get like sweet potato fries or something and I dip them in maple syrup. I take my own little bottle of maple syrup with me. <laughs> Keep it in my purse. I don't blame you at all because, you know, if you, if you make your own maple syrup, you are not eating the garbage that's cheap syrup. Absolutely not going to eat that. You know, I joked on an episode not that long ago, I would like to go have all-you-can-eat crab legs somewhere, but they serve you that gross fake butter. I'm like, I should show up with my own melted butter and, like, I'm not even really kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have butter in my purse melted. <laughs> I should really get, you know, that's a little, you light the candle and it like melts the butter and the little melting pot. I should get one of those. A butter melting kit. I think Chad would die. He would not go with me because, you know, you can see I'm drinking this Topo Chico right here. I've started drinking it, then the glass bottle, and it is really good, but it, it doesn't have a screw cap on it. It's like the kind you take the bottle top off, it's gone. So we were shopping for something. I can't remember what it was the other day. We were looking for a little table and we were out shopping and I was carrying my Topo Chico around in all the stores and he was embarrassed. He's like, I'm not sure you should be carrying that. I'm like, I'm not sure you should worry about that. That's right. Mind your own business. He did not like, and the next story is like, I'm just going to stay in the car. Is this like, because I have this Topo Chico? Uh-uh, no. So if I showed up with a butter warmer, Chad would, would lose it. But now I mostly do OMAD. You know, I do have days I, I shake it up. I do, you know, some days I have a four-hour eating window. Sometimes I have six. I move back and forth, and depending on what occasion it is. And what time of day is your is your sweet spot for usually having it? I usually like to open my window about one or so. So it just depends. Like today, I came to my son's house, and I said, hey, you want to go have Mexican? And it was 1130, so I opened it at 1130. 
I love that. Super flexible. I have several friends that from church and family members doing IF and there are some that are just not ready, you know, that say they want to, but they just can't seem to do it. It's a matter of, of your mindset. And it took me literally a few years to get to the point where even me, even though I was doing it, and also I think it also corresponded when I started fasting clean. That's when really it all switched. But it took me a while to get from the I'm depriving myself mindset. Like the fast was something I had to suffer through. So I got to eat. Like I still had that way of thinking for a long time. I had to start appreciating the fast itself and what it was doing in my body. Like I would never quit. Like if all of a sudden I, you know, lost the ability to maintain my weight and I started gaining weight rapidly, I still wouldn't quit intermittent fasting. I know it's doing good things in my body. But I mean, you have to get to the point where you tell yourself, I'm done. I have had enough of being overweight. And there's a saying I learned in school that says you can't make a rose bloom by hitting it with a hammer. So you have to be ready. You have to be willing to shorten your eating window. If you're not losing on 16-8, you got to be open to shortening your window because nothing changes when nothing changes. That's exactly true. Finding the window that is your weight loss sweet spot is important. It might not be the same as Jen's or Christie's or anybody else's. It's whatever is going to be yours. And if you're someone like me that likes to eat a hearty meal, the longer window, I could just eat way too much, especially early in the day. If I open early in the day, I'm going to eat more. It just, it makes a difference. I want to live the easiest lifestyle that I don't have to stress about and that I can enjoy. Right. Me too. And I enjoy all my foods. I mean, not that I'm eating desserts every single day. I like to have a little bit of something sweet with my meal, but I just love this lifestyle. I'll never go back. Well, I love that you're working on becoming a health coach. Tell us a little bit about that. What What was the moment that you, you heard that and you're like, I'm going to be a health coach? Well, I've always, my friends and family probably got so sick and tired of me saying, you know, this food is, if you do this, this food is good, this food's bad, <laughs> which I should have never done, you know, because there's no bad foods, but there's just bad, some better than others. Some things are not food. I mean, I really do believe that. Some things that we are, you can go to a grocery store and buy, it's like they're literally empty calories. Like Pop-Tarts. That is not food. I mean, it really isn't. And understanding that has been so powerful. I mean, that is mouth entertainment that has calories and it does have fuel as far as, as that goes. Your body can store it, your body can burn it, but it's not giving you any real nutrients. It's not really nourishing your body. I mean, they might add some vitamins in there, but it's not, you know, it's not the same thing as eating like fruit. And so like when I, you know, why I wanted to become a health coach, I, you know, I was doing all those things, giving people advice. And it's like, as soon as I heard Debbie say it on that podcast, I was like, you know what, this is what I should do. I should do this. Even though I'm 55 years old, it's a little kind of late. And the lady never too late, never too late to learn, you know? And so I just decided to go for it. (laughs) So you're going through the health coaching program. You're also going through IIN Institute for Integrative Nutrition. That's, that's what I did. I have a link if anybody's interested in that on the favorite things tab at jenstevens.com. You can read more about it. What I really liked when I was, it was when I had written Delayed on Deny and was, I think, getting ready to write Fast Feast Repeat or about to do that. And I thought, you know, I need some kind of credential, something. I need to study something. So I'm not just like this elementary teacher. 
And I looked around and I'm like, well, a health coach program would be good. And I found the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And the thing that sold me, I had already written Feast Without Fear at that point. So it was after 2017. So I'd already written Feast Without Fear. And they, um, when I read what Institute for Integrative Nutrition talked about bio-individuality, I was like, ding, 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 that is it. Because I was so tired of people saying, here's what everyone should do. And I was guilty of doing that. I always thought everybody should be doing the same thing I did. And after going through that first quarter of my school, I learned about bio-individuality and how important it is that everybody's different. And I just, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I think so many people don't. It really, you know, struck me. Of course, when I wrote Feast Without Fear, that's when I really learned it. Like we're different in our gut microbiomes, our genetics are different. So many things are different. And of course, the PREDICT studies and ZOE, they're, they're even finding, you know, all the, like the way we, our bodies control blood glucose or fat clearance. So many things are different. But I realized that every diet book you read is like the way that author lost weight. You know, that's what diet worked for them. Not that it's going to work for everybody. That's why there's so many different diets out there, diets. So what's the craziest diet you ever did? Actually, I did the ephedra pills. And those did work, but then, of course, they outlawed them, you know? Yeah, I took those two back in the day. You could buy them at the, at the drugstore, right? There they were, just right there. I would go peruse the weight loss aisle at the drugstore and just look and see what they had. And Yeah, I never did any really crazy stuff. I think the one time I exercised my butt off to lose the weight, of course, you know, that's not... You, at 55, you can't do that. So, you know, you had to do something different. But, yeah, the weight loss pills... Huh. Yeah, they made your heart pound and... That was not good. (laughs) That should have been the morning sign. I look great, but my heart is pounding. No. (laughs) You know, I've talked about my struggle with diet pills before. My prescription diet pills that I got from the doctor. I'm like, they must be safe. He's giving them to me. So they really, really are bad for our bodies. But, you know, it's it's never too late to find something new. So you're going to coach people with intermittent fasting. I would really love to do that because that's my passion now. I'm sure everybody's tired of hearing me talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you can have people pay you to talk about it. So that's even better. That's the best part. Your people are going to come to you and you're going to teach them about it and they're going to pay you. I've been doing it like now, right now without being paid. So <laughs> helping everybody. <laughs> exactly. Well, it, it's such a good feeling to know that you're teaching somebody something that can change their life. So what are some of the health victories that you've had or non-scale victories? Besides losing several, you know, sizes in my clothes, I know there was this ring that I wanted to wear so, so badly and I could not get that ring over my finger. So it must've been the inflammation in my fingers. And just one day it just slipped right on. It took a while, but it finally happened. So that's a good sign that inflammation is lower. Absolutely. And things that I struggle with the most, I knew you were going to ask me. That. Yes, that was coming. That was um, coming. <laughs> black licorice. I love black licorice. That's a new struggle. I've never heard that one. That is my vice. I love it. And I, like I said, I can't give up the sweets. And another thing that I struggle with, I'm always cold, but I know that's a good thing. Well, you know, it can be. And some people worry because they think, oh gosh, if I'm cold, does that mean my metabolism is shutting down? No. (laughs) You know, while we're fasting, our bodies direct blood flow to the fat and away from your extremities. So you may find that you're cold and that is not 
necessarily a bad sign. So don't don't stress out about it. Just bundle up a little bit if you need to. In the middle of the summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think you're not eating, like someone who's like, I, you know, I'm doing one meal a day. I'm doing 23-1. I'm not eating very much. Well, okay, your body could adapt to that. Maybe throw in some up days, have some days with longer eating windows, get that metabolism going. You know, I have enough difference from day to day. There's always going to be, I'm going to have a special day where I eat two meals or I'm going to go on a trip for a few days that's going to you know, keep my metabolism going. What you don't want to do is like 23-1 every day for the rest of your life, probably, you know. <laughs> I mean, although I guess if you were going to and you felt good. I don't think I've ever wanted to do like the ADF. I think that like having the full days of food all day, I just don't know if I could do that and then try not to eat something the next day. You know, it's just not my thing. I like to eat every single day. I do like to eat every day as well. So, but never say never. There are people who think the same thing and then they try it and then they love it and they are surprised. So it's, it's the contemplation of it that's like, no, that doesn't sound like something I would like. And then they like it. And, and some people are like, I never thought I would like it. And now I love it. It's my favorite. So you just never know. So um, how, how much time do you have left to go in your program at IIN? Do you know? I just started July 15th. Okay, so you're brand new in it. Yeah, I just started my second module. Okay, are you doing the six-month program? Yes. Okay, so yes. when I did it, they didn't have the six-month program. I did the year program. I kind of wish I would would have done the year program. They do still have a year that you could do? They do, but I think it costs more, I think, to do it that way. And I don't know, just doing two modules a week is a lot. It was a lot. I remember it was a lot of work, and I, but I learned a lot of stuff. Like, I really did learn a lot. It was a good program. Like, I, I highly recommend it if anybody's you know, looking for something because you really will learn a lot. And they teach you. I guess you're not at that point yet, but they really do. When you get towards the end, you do more coaching practice. I think they do that here soon. Soon, coming up. I'm actually going to be doing it soon. And I'm thinking to myself, boy, it seems awfully early in the program to be doing this, but okay. <laughs> Start developing those skills early because it's really, you know, it's... There, there are some strategies that make a difference, you know, with the with the coaching versus just, you know, like telling people things, you know, it's helping them come to their own conclusions. That's got, was probably going to be the hard part for me. And that's what I really learned. The first part of it is to just stop and listen, you know, listen to everyone. So Absolutely. And that people can trust their bodies and teach them to tune in. That's really the main thing. That's like the message I want to get across to people. Learn to tune into your body and trust your body and instead of all the external voices go inside. They, you can heal your own body. I believe you can. I totally do. So we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Actually, I wish I would have known about this 35 years ago because then there wouldn't have been a struggle. It would have been effortless. But I wish... About the diet pills, don't fall for the gimmicks. They're all gimmicks. Everything you see on Facebook, they always want to sell you this magic pill. And don't pay attention to those. Also, don't pay for someone to tell you your fasting plan. That's like something that's on Facebook or like Instagram. Like, join and we will tell you your fasting plan. No, run away from that. You've got to tell yourself your fasting plan. (laughs) And I don't believe that paying for, you don't have to pay for weight loss. Except for buying your books. Well, you can get it for free. You can get it. You can do an audible trial and listen for free. You can check it out from a library. Or you can buy it. 
you'll want your own. That's right. To refer back to. And I have six copies of Fast Feast Repeat that I hand, I hand out to people to borrow. <laughs> but, you know, these weight loss companies, they're all they're out to do is to make money. And you shouldn't have to pay somebody to lose weight. That's probably what I would, the advice I would give. Don't fall for these gimmicks. That's true. And we, we fall for them because they, they are so darn appealing and we're desperate and they promise you, you know, really great, huge results in a short period of time. And we know that anything that works really fast, short term is probably not going to be good in the long run. Right. It's not sustainable. Yeah, it, it's not sustainable. And we have to, you know, get, let our bodies heal. We have to give it time. We have to adapt. We have to make changes as we go and work as a team with our body. Well, Christy, it has been a pleasure to talk to you today. And thank you for sharing. I know that was a hard story to talk about, Dexter. I appreciate that. And I wish you great success with your health coaching program. Thank you so much. It has been great to talk to you today. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground, and I heard somebody say, call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder, had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? You can listen to Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.